0: Tonight. Let's take our Bibles tonight. I've got to get my microphone on. Acts chapter number 13 in your Bibles tonight. The book of Acts and chapter number 13. How many had a good day today? Amen. How many of you had a horrible day today? All right. Well, that's good. Nobody had a horrible day today. By the way, that's what church is for. Amen. <laughs> church is for a horrible day. I heard, heard somebody tell me one time, they said, Preacher, I had a horrible day, so I won't be there at church tonight. And I said, well, that's the reason you're for church. Amen? I mean, if you can't go to church when you have a horrible day, it's, you know, that's that's when we need it the most. Amen? And um, so praise the Lord. Well, i want to look at one word tonight again. We're looking at one word in the Bible. And, uh, gonna look at what it means. Great words of the Bible and, uh, out of Acts chapter number 13. Let's begin a verse number one of this passage of scripture, Acts chapter 13. And, um, this is the passage of scripture where the apostle Paul and, um, his co worker in the ministry, Barnabas, where God had sent them out of the church of Antioch to go bring the gospel. To the world, and especially specifically the Gentiles, as you remember in Acts chapter nine, when Paul got saved, God had a ministry for him. God had a purpose for him. He wanted him to go specifically to the Gentile people, and um, and so here the apostle Paul with his his partner uh, in the Lord Barnabas are leaving here, being sent out by the church to go into. Uh, reach the people for Christ in the Gentile world. So let's begin here, Acts chapter 13, and begin with verse number 1. The Bible says here, "...now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas, Simon, uh, I'm sorry, Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Maenaen, which had uh, been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul." as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, notice here in verse 1, he lists several uh, different men, but two of, only two of them were called to go into this specific field. And so what that tells me is is that God has a way of going into the local church and calling specific people for a specific reason. See, so God came here to both Paul and Barnabas, and he said, separate me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work that I God had called them to do. Okay, so now verse number three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, Departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the Isle into Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Barjesus. I don't even want to pronounce it like Jesus because it wasn't a good guy here, all right? Which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So God had taken Paul and Barnabas here, called him to the work, sent them out, and immediately they began to see people interested in hearing the Word of God. What a a privilege. Amen? What a privilege. And um, you're going to have to help me with a few more amens than that tonight, I can tell you. Amen? So Acts chapter 13, there's one word in the passage that is very important that we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at the word church. What is a church? Let's ask God to Help us and speak to our hearts tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings, God, tonight. We just pray that you would use us, guide us, direct us, bless us, Lord, tonight as we look at this important word and use it for your, your glory and honor. And Father, we ask that you would take thy word tonight, Lord, impact the importance of the church to our minds and our hearts. And Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to call your attention here to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2. If you'll turn over to the book of 1 Peter, and chapter 2, we're going to look at some Scripture tonight. 1 Peter, chapter 2, and I want you to notice here, verses number um, uh, 9 and 10. Now, what is a church? The church, the Greek word here for church, all throughout the New Testament, except for in one place, in Acts chapter 19 it's a word that's close there but it doesn't mean the same but all other words in the New Testament in the Greek is the word ekklesia now that word is two parts formed together the first part is the word ek which means out from the second part is the word the Greek word kaleo which means to call to call And so what you put the two understanding meanings together, and you have what it means to be called out. It is an assembly of Christians that are called out. A, A church is not a building. A building's not a church. Now, a building helps a church, amen? I sure like air conditioning when it's hot, don't you? And I like heat when it's cold. Amen. And the older I get, the more I'm liking heat. I, I don't understand that, but it's it it is how it is. Amen. Uh but but God's saying here, a church is a called out assembly. And here's the idea in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Notice what it says. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, in holy nation. Notice a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So God called us out. We're a peculiar people. See, the church is called out of the world. We are in the world but we are not of this world. We are God's people. A church is called out uh, of the world. Yes, we're still in it, but we're, we're not of it. It's not a part of us. God is in us, and we are in God, and we are called out of the world because of what God did in our hearts in salvation. You know, uh, uh, with this understanding, it's hard for me to understand somebody who'd get saved and then not get involved in a local church. That's hard for me to understand. That's the whole purpose of the local church is for us to be a called-out assembly. We're called out of the world. When you get saved, you have a new calling, a new place to be. Amen? And from that understanding... You know, everybody is called to be in a church. Everyone's called to be in church. Um, some people haven't realized that yet, but every one of us are called to be in church. We are a called-out assembly of the Lord. And, and if we define it further, we are a saved, baptized body of Christ in the local church area. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to look at some principles about the, the church tonight that God has established in his word. So we're called out. We're not the same. Now, notice, secondly, the church is not is a local physical body. It is not a universal body. Now, don't fall into this understanding, this false idea that the church is universal, one body all around the world. No, God didn't make the church that way. He made it a local body, a local assembly. And there's many scriptures that we understand um, are for that. And I want to show you just a couple of them. Galatians chapter 1. Go to the book of Galatians, if you would. The book of Galatians, chapter number 1. And look at verse number 2 here. Notice it says here, And all the brethren which are with me unto the universal churches. Is that what it says? I think Mrs. Whittington's the only one that caught it. Amen. It says no. It says unto the churches of Galatia. So it's a specific local body uh, of churches. And by the way, each church had their own government, meaning they had a pastor. Um, they had uh, you know, as the church reached a certain point where the pastor could not uh, do all the necessary work. Uh, they Then they had deacons involved. Deacons were formed in the churches. And it formed its own local body. Um, and I can compare it to, you know, across the world today, we have different countries, and each country has its own uh, government. Um, and and it's not like there's one government over the whole world, although my Bible tells me that's coming. That's, there's going to be a one-world government. But uh, the local church... Uh, is its own individual body. There is not some headquarters or some convention uh, that has control over that local body. The local body is an autonomous body, which means it governs itself. It governs itself. And that's how God wanted it to be. Here we see the church of Galatia. We could also go, don't go to Romans chapter 16, verse 5. We see another church there. And this particular church met in a house. It met in a house. So we understand that the building, though it's nice and, and really a building's important in the monetary society which we live in today. But, but, um, the church is a local vi- uh, body of Christ. By the way, do you know the word Catholic? Do you know what the word Catholic means? The word Catholic means universal. And so Catholicism has this idea that the church is one body throughout the world, may I tell you what, that's not scriptural. That's not the Bible. That's not how it should be, and that's not how God intended it and planned it to be. So it's a local, visible assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, the church must be must carry out the Great Commission. The church's purpose is to carry out the Great Commission. Uh, Hey, folks, we don't have, uh, our, our purpose is not to do all kinds of other things. Our main purpose is to get the gospel, to teach and preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. That is our main purpose. Now, there's other things we can do to help that purpose, but everything we do should be focused around that one thing, getting the gospel to a lost and dying world. And that, of course, is found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. So go over there real quick. I want to show you something about that. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Now, before the Lord Jesus Christ left, he gave this instruction to the church. Now, here's another question for you. I should ask this in Sunday school on Sunday morning, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it tonight. When did the local church begin? Did it begin at Pentecost? No, it did not begin at Pentecost. There was a local body, a local assembly already in Acts chapter 1. And before that, sometime before Acts chapter 2 ever came into existence. And uh, so here the Lord Jesus is giving the local church his command. Verse uh, 18. 18. It says, And Jesus came and said and and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. By the way, verses 19 and 20 don't really mean anything unless verse 18 is in there. Because all power for the church comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ as we teach and preach the gospel. So notice then again, because all authority is given to Jesus, he said, verse 19, "'Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.'" So the Lord Jesus Christ here gave us what we know today as the Great Commission, and this Great Commission, by the way, it is great. It is great. It is God's Great Commission to go into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Now, that word, all things, can be summed up by the words of the whole Bible. Listen, that's why we preach the whole word. Amen? That's why we teach the whole thing. God said to teach all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, that is a command to the local church. Amen? And so the local church must fulfill that promise. Now, point number four It is the Lord Jesus Christ that builds the local church. Go to Matthew chapter number 16 with me. The book of Matthew chapter number 16. And look at verse number 18. Now there's a lot of controversy about this verse, but let me explain what it means. There's a lot of dummies out there who don't understand what this verse means. Look at verse 18. Jesus said... He said, uh, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice what he said. He said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church. He didn't say the church would be built on Peter. See, Peter... In the Greek is the word cephas, which means little stone. Jesus himself is called the rock. He is the rock. Uh, Would you rather stand on a rock, a solid rock, or a little stone? I'd rather stand on a rock. Amen? And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're standing on Christ, we're standing on the solid rock. And And by the way, that's why uh, many churches fail, because they are built on men and not built on the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I'm going to, Peter, you're Peter. I'm the rock. You're the stone. But I am the rock. And so... our our church, every church is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you build a church on human flesh, it fails. It fails. When you build anything in your life, by the way, build a home on any other foundation than the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what you're going to have? You're going to have a mess. You have a mess. The church is the place on which we build our life, on which everything in our life is built. Amen? By the way, churches are getting away from preaching the truth today. Brother Brett sent me a a video of a pastor who got up and he was uh, saying stuff about his favorite thing to do was to sit on the beach with a Bible in one hand and a beer in the other. That's what he said. Brother Brett really liked that video. Amen. (laughs) Amen. No, he didn't. Can you imagine a pastor getting up there? I put a comment on it. I said, this is not right. Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Preachers should be examples. Amen. We should be examples. And uh, I don't have a beer in my hand. Amen. I thank God. I've never even tasted it. I thank God diet soda. That's about as close as you can get. Amen. But I've never tasted it. Thank God. But you see, The churches are compromising what the Bible says today. No, don't compromise it. Preach it. We need to give it out. Put it out there. Let people hear the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear the truth of the word. Compromise is everywhere. False doctrine, false teachers. They're everywhere. They're a dime a dozen today. Solid Bible teaching and preaching and by the way, this is one reason God established the local church, so that the local church can be the pillar and the ground of truth. Where else are you going to go to really find the truth? You want to go to the White House to find the truth? Huh. Good luck with that, amen? They don't even know how to get off the stage when they get done speaking. Amen? Um, You won't find truth in any other source but a good, solid Bible-preaching local church. And you know, the world tries to taint a church like that as being, you're you're fuddy-duddy, you're old-fashioned, you're not compassionate. Since when is truth not compassionate? It's falsehood that is not compassionate, because it leads you astray. Amen? Amen? And, and, and it's truth. That's what the church's intent. That's what its purpose is for. That is what God desires for it to be. All right, let's go on to Ephesians. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Are you still with me? Ephesians chapter number 4. Look at verse number 14. Notice what the Bible says. <clears throat> It says here that we henceforth be not, be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. You know, church is supposed to be preaching and teaching us not to be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Years ago, that was, there was a lady when I pastored my first church, there was a lady that came to our church and she had an affinity for going to all the local churches and taking little tidbits of what they said out. And you talked to the lady and she was so confused. She didn't know what truth was. She had no idea. She just pulled this that felt good and that that felt good. And boy, isn't that what people do today? There's no rock solid. There's no desire to just be solid in the truth. Man, Bible teaches that it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth. We need the truth in our world today. Uh, Don't back off of the truth even if somebody doesn't like it. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, uh, you know, the gospel is is compared to a sword. Right? The Word of God's compared to a sword. Um, and sometimes it's sharp, right? And sometimes somebody isn't going to like it, but it is the powerful weapon that God has given the church to preach the Word of God. If we don't have the Word of God, the church cannot proceed in God's direction. We need the Word of God. It's the place to grow and learn. It's the place, the place to grow and learn. You know, I believe this. I believe every time there's a message, there's something in it for you and me to learn. There's something in every message that you can gain if it's in the Word of God. There's something. I think you're better off to take one thing from a message and really commit to it. Um, Really commit to that one thing that you get from the message. It's about learning. It's about growing. It's about becoming strong in the Lord. Um, My sister that uh, passed away recently, was a great lady, a servant in their church. They became pillars in their church there in Seattle. And um, man, I'll tell you what, but I remember a day when her and her husband weren't even hardly much in church. And then little by little, they started coming some on Sunday morning, coming more. They, they caught fire. Like one preacher said, start low, go slow, catch fire, climb higher. They just, kept, they just kept growing in the Lord, and they became a pillar at that church up there. What a blessing. What a blessing. Because the church is meant to do that. It's meant to grow. We're meant to learn and to just keep on and continuing on. Notice then, Acts chapter 13. Go over to Acts chapter 13. (coughs) Acts chapter number 13. This is our text tonight. This this is my uh, point number seven about the church tonight. The church is the place where the local missionaries are sent out. The local missionaries are sent out by the local church. Acts chapter 13, look at verse 3. It says, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. That was the local church fasting and praying over them, sending them out into the world. They went out into the world, preached the gospel. You know, a missionary needs to be sent out of a local church. Amen? And when a missionary goes to a foreign field, their job is not just to win souls. They should but their job is to establish a local church there where God has called them. And that local church is to do exactly what we said, teach, train, preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and send out people into all the world. You know why? Because God knows that there is power in a local church that has a vision to reach souls. There's a power there. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed if you look all across this country where the missionaries are getting sent out of, there's a few big churches. But I'll tell you what, it's churches like our mega church right here. It's churches like ours that are getting the gospel to the world. And it, it really is amazing how God can take small churches and Just use them for the glory of God. And the reason he does that is because that local church has to put an emphasis on reaching people for Christ. Amen? And the the missionary, God comes to the church like he did here in the church of Antioch in chapter 13. He pulled out Paul. He called out Paul and Barnabas. They fasted over them. They prayed and they sent them out. To do the work of God and the Holy Spirit worked through them. They preached the word of God and people got saved and heard the word of God. And by the way, the Apostle Paul often hazarded his life for the gospel. He just about lost his life many times. You know, the Apostle Paul was stoned. You know, modern day Christianity, we're a bunch of softy pumpkins today. You know, I mean, Christianity is a bunch of snowflakes. If, if every church in this world were doing everything they could, we we could reach the world. We could. Amen? I believe every church had a heart to be a church that understood the Great Commission was their job and responsibility. I believe the world could be reached. Amen? And And it's not that... And by the way... Also, on the other end, it's not that God is not calling people today. God is still calling people. But many are not answering the call. You know, if there's more and more people, millions and millions of more people in population in the world, then God is obviously calling more people. Because it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But are we answering the call of God? If God is calling, are we answering it? And God did. He called Paul and Barnabas, and they answered the call. They went out, and they were sent out by the local church. Uh, By the way, a missionary shouldn't just go out on their own and just forget the local church and just go to a foreign field. That's not God's way. That's not how it's done. Amen? That local church has a purpose And that local church purpose is to send out the missionary. It's ordained and planned by God that the local church be the agency. And by the way, it's the only agency that God ever gave for sending out the gospel. Amen. There are, and by the way, every ministry, every ministry should be under the authority of a local church also. There shouldn't be a ministry out there that I get these calls and letters from, hey, we're doing such and such. This is our ministry. They're they're not connected with the local church. They're not under a local church. Um, There's, uh, by the way, if they're not connected with the local church, Jesus gave his authority to the local church. And the local church is the one that sends out. And the local church is the one that has ministry. And a lot of these ministries today, sad to say, uh, that are outside of the local church, we call them parachurch ministries. They're outside of the local church. They're not under the authority of a local church. How do you know if they're keeping straight in their doctrine and their standards and what they believe? How do you know it's staying solid in the word of God? There's no authority over that. God gave that authority to the local church. And when I say authority, I do not mean authoritative, you know, like beat somebody over the head with it. I'm not talking about being controlling. I'm talking about there has to be a God-called plan for the church by which God does his work and his ministry. And he wants it to be through his local assembly and his local church. Notice this, if you would also go over to First Corinthians chapter 3 with me. The book of First Corinthians chapter 3. Are you still with me? First Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> Notice this also here, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. <clears throat> Notice it says here, for other foundation. Can no man lay, then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says there's one foundation, that's the church of God. That's the church of the living Lord. That's the local church. For other foundation can no man lay, then that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Only what Jesus established is what it should be, Of uh, is what has God's authority because notice verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, Scripture's teaching here that the foundation of all ministry is what Jesus laid, it is to lay it through the local church. The local church is the one that does the ministry. Sometimes I'll get a missionary that'll call me and he's he's not from a local church. You know, it becomes necessary in this day and age to be able to have a local church pastor to understand what's going on with that missionary. There's sometimes when a Local church pastor will call me about a missionary that's sent out of our church. And I'll tell him, be careful of Mrs. Bingham. She is really a lot of trouble. Watch out for her. She's not even here to defend herself. So y'all, y- y'all tell her what I said, okay? She's listening online. Well, that's good. She can't even rebut, amen? She can't say anything. So I get the last word tonight, amen? Uh, but sometimes the missionary will call me, And uh, in regards to that missionary, and I want to make sure those missionaries are straight and doing the right thing. I want to make sure they're on the right course um, because they're sent out from the testimony of a local church. And then also, conversely, there are times when I call other pastors about a missionary and ask a question and say, hey, can you answer this question for me in regards to this missionary? And what's the situation here? What's going on? You know, if that local church authority were not there, there there's no way that you could possibly know and understand what's going on there. And all ministries are the same way. Every ministry, it doesn't matter what ministry it is, every ministry needs to be under a local church authority. I believe that with all my heart. I really have, as a pastor, a hard time supporting a ministry that's not going to be under the authority of a local church. It may be close, but if it's not directly under that church, I want to tell you something. It can be be problematic, especially when we understand that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who established the church for all ministry, all work. He said, go into all the world and teach. You know, teaching is ministering. When you're teaching, you are ministry. And if you're teaching something, if you're teaching the Word of God, and it, then then that teaching flows from the authority of the local church that was given to that local church, and and um, and of course it should be based on the Scripture and on the Bible. So I say to you today, that's what a church is, and that's what it's for. Its intent and its purpose by God is to go into all the world, reach the gospel, uh, uh, preach the gospel, and reach people, cause them to be saved, baptized, grow in the Lord. Uh, How many have ever seen anybody have that in their life? Boy, I'll tell you what. I've seen it in so many different ways. Uh, my brother-in-law, TJ, he uh, he's in heaven. He passed away recently. Um, it was my sister Nadine's husband. But I've never seen a guy grow so much. First time I saw him, he was a hippie, had long hair, big scraggly beard, and um, just a messed up life, Live, lived like a hippie. And, um, but my brother-in-law sat down at the table and led him to the Lord one day. And he began to be hungry for the word. He began to hear the word. He began to get strong. And, and he got in a local church. He grew and he eventually became a deacon in that local church. God used him. God blessed him. And you know, sometimes we, we get skeptical. Oh, that person will never change. Hey, I want to tell you something. Anybody can change who's willing to let God have first place in their life. Anyone, anyone. And, you know, sometimes we see a lot of Christians get saved, a lot of people get saved, but they never get in church. And that's sad. But don't let that make you skeptical of the fact that God can and God desires to take a lot of people and strengthen them through that local church to build them, and to use them for the cause of Christ. And eventually, the ultimate goal here is like the Church of Antioch in Acts 13 to send uh, missionaries out to all the world and and, uh, see what God can do through those local missionaries. That's what thrills me, amen? That's what thrills me. And, And here is the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose is... That the church is perpetual, and it goes on and on and on. Amen? The church doesn't end. You know, uh, one day, uh, I'm going to fall over dead one day. I'd rather not do that in the near future. Amen? Amen. Way, way down the road, okay? But one of these days, it's going to happen. But you know what? The church goes on the church goes on. And you know what? It's the same in in all our lives. You know, I I may be wrong about this, but I think Mrs. Stallman is the only member here who's been here since our church started. And all the rest of you all came along at some point in time, amen? And, but you know what? That's the goal of the church, is to just keep on going and going and going and going and going, reaching people for the Lord Jesus Christ the local church, called out assembly. We are called out for a purpose. We are called out because God's got a plan for the local church. And the local church is the entity that God wants to use to allow ministry and all work of the ministry to be done through that local body of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the church? Called out assembly, a place where we can meet. And by the way, I am so thankful in my life that I've had good pastors and preachers preach the word to me. But not just preach the word, but love me out of the pulpit. And love me when I was, uh, you know, dumb as a box of rocks, you know. And because the local church is there for all kinds of people in all kinds of spiritual growth to learn, to grow, and become strong in the Lord and see what God can do in their life. Amen? I thank God for that card that Jeremy read or or that I read about Jeremy tonight, how he said he thanked the Lord for that day back in 2019 when that thought hit his head, I need to get my kids and my family in church. And what God did through that saved his boys. What a blessing. Amen? Church is God's purpose and plan for the the world to reach. And you know what? When it's it's doing its purpose and its plan, God blesses it and uses it in a great way. Amen? Let's be that church. Let's be that church that always keeps the main thing, the main thing, the main purpose, reach people for Christ. Amen? Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's close our eyes. Our heads are bowed tonight.